In this episode with Rennell Richards, we talk about sports, entrepreneurship, how sports and entrepreneurship actually relate to each other, and then all the things that Rennell does for his business. So I hope you enjoy, and we will talk right after the episode. Welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Mendoza, and I've got a very special guest with me today. His name is Ronell Richards. And for those maybe two of you that don't know who he is, I'm going to give him an opportunity to tell us a little bit about himself. <laughs> two. Wow, you flatter me, Jordan. Thank you. <laughs> I'm sure there's a few more than, than two out there. So, hey, thanks. First of all, thanks so much for, for inviting me on, dude. I've been looking forward to to talking some shop with you, uh, I love the fact that you've got your you've got your your, your sports stuff behind you because I'm a I'm a big sports guy. Um, but for for those out there that don't know who I am, I am I I, I like to call myself Mr. Entrepreneurship Man. I'm I, I spend a lot of time out there coaching and teaching early stage entrepreneurs and sales leaders how to be great sales leaders. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for nearly 20 years. Uh, grown, created several companies, had a lot of wins and a whole lot more failures. <laughs> and it's those failures that that really uh build our character and, and have helped me helped put me in a position to where I can I can help a lot of a lot of great, you know, early stage entrepreneurs and sales leaders out there today. That's awesome. Yeah. And so, you know, we connected through LinkedIn, right? It was I think through content, you know, just seeing each other's content. I've been doing sales and marketing for about 25 years, started, you know, mm -hmm. doing newspaper sales door to door. And uh, I know you've been in the trenches too, doing cold calling oh, yeah. in, in sales. And so I think that's real, really where we kind of first connected. And then we did an event, right? And we were both uh, yeah. speaking at the event, the LinkedIn meetup ATL, which was, which was such a blast. And uh, yeah. for, for, for me, it's, it's great. Like, meeting other people like locally, right? Cause we're both in, in Metro Atlanta and um, this is really the first time that we've kind of got to wrap, you know, other than digitally through LinkedIn. So I'm so glad that we're actually having this conversation. And, and so let's talk about sports just for a second. Cause you know, you, you said you're a big sports fan. You can see some of the stuff behind me. So who, uh, who are your teams for the audience that doesn't know if they don't follow your content on LinkedIn. So yeah, who are your teams professionally that you follow? So, you know, I'm a, I'm a very loyal sports fan, but I am also a fan of winners, baby. <laughs> well, with the exception of one of my teams, one of my teams is, is challenged for that. Um, however, uh, Laker fan since 1985, uh, going back to the Magic Days, uh, Ohio State Buckeye fan as I am, I am a native Ohioan, so originally from Youngstown, Ohio. And an Atlanta Falcon fan, a very proud Atlanta Falcon fan, and uh, a season ticket holder for a very long time. Those, those are the teams that I primarily follow. Um, big fan of basketball and, and, and football. But, you know, as I moved to Atlanta, you probably, you probably had this sort of transition a little bit too. But Atlanta, the South, it is all about football. Growing up for me, it was all basketball. And then coming here, I've been here now for 18 years, and it is certainly about football. And so I've kind of gravitated to being more about football and 
and I'd go back to my basketball roots, usually towards you know midseason and into the playoffs. Awesome, yeah, and midseason is a great place to do it, right? I mean, we've got All Star Weekend coming up, which is always oh, yeah. super exciting. And so, what are your thoughts on the format change? I don't know. Yeah, what are your thoughts on the format change? I don't know if you got an opportunity to see, you know, with with the tragic loss of, of Kobe. And I know you're a massive Kobe fan. I, I saw a video you posted recently. It's that was such, such a tragedy for all the lives that were lost um, in that helicopter yeah. accident. So what are your thoughts on the way that they're honoring Kobe with this new all-star format or have you had an opportunity to see it? Uh, you know, Jordan, I've seen a little bit actually this morning, just a little bit on this, the sports center scroll, but I, it's still so surreal, and um, for me, I just don't really know how to feel about it. You know, it's 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 a little more impactful for guys of of our generation, because um, you know we've we we really identify with 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 Kobe and his development and his maturation, because a lot of our development and maturation was right along with them. You know, like. When he was 18 years old out there in the court wearing his baggy shorts, I was doing the same thing. And, you know, here 20 years later, we're family men and, and you know, raising our daughters. And, and uh, yeah, so I really don't know how I feel about it yet. It's I don't if, – if I'm being totally honest, Jordan, I don't know if I want to watch it. I, just because it's kind of – it's still kind of raw and – um we'll see when, when they have, we'll see during all-star weekend, I'll probably come around to it, but you know, I'm that guy that at one thirty on Sunday, I cut everything off. I just, I didn't want to see anything else. Um, and I didn't, I didn't see any coverage for, you know, until two days later. Um, so yeah, and it's not, again, and thank you for watching the post. You know, the post was something that honestly was just something totally impromptu for me. I, I had happened to be um, editing another video uh to, to to put out on monday and that video happened to be a video that was about my daughter about my daughter and about her basketball journey and our journey and how that related to business and some some business lessons when my daughter came in and you know and told me about the the unfortunate uh, helicopter accident and at that point you know, i just cut everything off i was super bummed and i just got what came down here to the studio and made a video in some ways just to um, try to articulate what I was kind of feeling at the moment. And it resonated with a lot of people because I think a lot of people were feeling the same way and we're still kind of feeling this feeling super bummed, you know, it's still less than, than a week since. And, um, you know, people are, 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 are bummed out, but yes, we'll, we'll get past it and, you know, we'll find the positive and, and this sort of, and, and you know, what happened and, and kind of use it as an inspiration. But, uh, yeah. That's my opinion. My long way of saying, I don't know if I'm going to watch it. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So we got to, to wrap a little bit before, before we went on air here. And uh, so you found out that I'm a massive Portland trailblazer fan. And yeah. so basically like we're rivals, right? Cause you're a, you're a diehard Lakers fan. I grew up in, not really. I grew up in Portland. Oh, you're, you're not, you're not a diehard. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm very diehard. But you said something that was a little bit inaccurate, Jordan. All due respect, we're not really rivals. Um, we have 16 rings and you have – what? I think – maybe? 
Okay. So, huh? so it's going to go like this. I see what's happening now. So basically, yes, we, we did win a ring with Bill Walton back in, in 77 against the great who? Dr. J. Yeah. Well, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, uh-huh. so so I I think that victory is worth at least fifteen rings. So we're not that far behind <laughs> you. You know what I'm saying? But that, you know that Port- that Portland math is pretty interesting, Jordan. I don't know if that that math checks out in the rest of the world, but hey, okay, we'll go with that. Portland's it, a great town, good. though. I love it Portland. Is. Great town. Yeah, great. No, great city, and it is a basketball city. Let me tell you, if you've ever had an opportunity to go to a game, whether it was the Memorial Coliseum back in the the seventies and eighties, or the Rose Garden, which has been changed to the Moda Center, I still call it the Rose Garden because that's where I grew yeah. up in. Right, my mom was a season ticket holder since the seventies. I mean, she's forever until she passed away, and and so all of us kids got really immersed into the the culture of of basketball. And so how do you feel that basketball translates to business? And I know you hit on this a little bit, but what are I I, really, I guess the three components that you see really translating well with entrepreneurship or business? Well, so uh, first, first of all, I don't think that the the traits that translate are kind of unique to basketball, just sport in general. Um, I mean, there, there's the obvious, um, teamwork right there's that obvious teamwork and you see the great teams the great teams everyone knows their role and everyone executes right everyone executes according to their role you can't you'll see the teams well going back to basketball you see the teams that have these multiple we'll we'll use houston rockets for example there's not enough basketball to go around for james harden and russell westbrook right they will never win a championship they'll win some games they'll never win a championship because they are both at odds for the ball, and and there there aren't their their roles aren't clearly defined. A really successful team roles are clear clearly defined. Everyone knows what it is that they're supposed to do, and they trust each other to execute upon that. Right? Basketball. You know what? Actually, I was going to go sports in general, but you asked me about basketball, and you got my brain turning. And so going back to basketball, yeah, you know, basketball is this game of ebbs and flows, right? Like it's either you're on a 20-point run or you've missed your last 10 shots and you keep ebbing and flowing up and down until you get to that final fourth quarter and the five minutes in the fourth quarter and you have to be clutch in order to win. So much like business. Um, my my personal, I still, so I, I have four businesses that I um, operate in and I, I'm involved in a, on a weekly basis. Um, and, you know, a few of them are doing awesome. And then one is like, not, <laughs> and that drags you down, right? And so we are on this emotional roller coaster where we have to stay even keel. We have to, we have to fight our way through and let the wave come through, right? And just stay focused on putting one, one foot in front of the other and to keep shooting. Like I teach my daughter, keep shooting. We keep shooting, and then it comes down to the fourth quarter, and we execute when um, when it's necessary to, and that, that's how we win. So I, I think there's a great comparison from basketball to entrepreneurship and just that we have to, we have to stay focused on getting to that fourth quarter. Because on the way to the fourth quarter, there's going to be so many obstacles. There's going to be so many. We're going to feel great one minute, one moment because things are going awesome, and then the next minute we're going to be like down here, and we just have to stay even keeled. we got to be like Tim Duncan, big fundamentals, right? Tim Duncan or Kawhi Leonard. How about that one? Mr. No Emotion. (laughs) 
just keep plugging, plugging away. So you asked me, did you ask me for three? Where does hey, that three. random number come from? <laughs> I gave you two, baby. Number. How about that? Hey, we'll, we'll take, we'll definitely take the two. Yeah. And, and so I would, I would look at it from that framework as well, because when I play, I'm a, I'm a shooter, right? And there are times when <laughs> if you stop shooting, guess what? you're not going to start making it right. And so you have mm -hmm. to, you have to keep shooting and you have to keep taking the shots so that you can get in a rhythm, right? So that you can yep. start to be, get some of that momentum because that momentum is yep. what carries you through. Right. And so you want to talk about another person that has that composure. Let's talk about Dame time. Let's talk about Damian Lillard. And I know you yep. actually went to the same college as Damian Lillard. So how does that feel yes, being, uh, you know, a Weber State alum and, you know, knowing yeah. that, that Dame went there as well? I'm, that's got to be a proud alum feeling, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, super talented player and one who doesn't – I don't think gets enough credit in the league because, I mean, there's so much talent right now. But as I look at a Dame Lillard and I look at Stephen Curry, not a big difference. Curry's a tremendous player, and I will credit Curry for – I, I believe he's the most impactful player to come in the league since Michael Jordan in terms of changing the way that basketball is played, not just at the NBA level, but globally. You know, I, I also coach basketball, and I coach AU for many years, and I can remember the change a few years ago when instead of shooting layups on fast break, kids started stopping and pulling up for threes where I'm seeing kids come across half court and let it go. Now, they can't shoot like Steph, but Steph literally changed the way that basketball is being played um, at all levels. Now, that said, his skill set over Dame, Dame's super talented. I really think they're like one, one, one and one A sort of thing, and probably in the same sort of situation. And don't, don't get me wrong, there's a whole IQ thing, and there's a whole um, – you know, clutch factor and all that thing that, that, that I think that makes Steph like one over one A, but they are damn close. And maybe if he wasn't in Portland or had some other guys had had a, a supporting cast like the Golden State Warriors, maybe he'd be winning championships too. Yeah, you know what? And, and that's one thing I really respect about Lillard is he said numerous times on numerous media outlets that like he – he wants to be in Portland. He wants – if he's not going to win a championship, he's not going to win it there, right? And he's just one of those loyal players, but he also has – he still has that chip on his shoulder, right? Here, here's a guy that, you know, wasn't, wasn't highly recruited, played four years, played phenomenally, and then comes in and rookie of the year in the league, right? And still has that, has that chip, right? And he doesn't show emotion, right? You cannot tell – if I, you probably yeah. remember the game winner that he hit and like he's getting tackled by people and he has that stone cold killer look on his face, you know? And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, when I think about that and then I think about like being in the trenches of business, that's really, that's really where you need to operate. You can't get too high. You can't get too low. You got it. You've got to literally maintain that, that same level, that consistent level. And really that's how people thrive. And that's that's where I coach um, leaders, um, entrepreneurs, and sales leaders. It's it's about maintaining our composure. 
you know, I, I've been asked on many occasions, Rana, what do you think the most important quality is of, of a leader? And I will say they are boring. A great leader is boring. What I mean by that is you are predictable. You're predictable. You don't get too high. You don't get too low. People know what to expect from you, right? Because if they know what to expect from you, they know there's not surprises along along the way. They they'll they'll perform and they'll they'll maintain their consistency and they will follow your lead. You know, I, going back to sports. Now I might lose my Georgia card. I might lose my Georgia card on this one. They might be coming to kick me out of out of the state after I say this, but. Um, Georgia has a coach, Kirby Smart, and Georgia does a fantastic job of recruiting talent. Uh, they have We have amazing talent in this state, and he recruits the hell out of talent, brings some great people in there. Um, however, have, he, they, they've had trouble winning the, the national championship. Everyone wants them to win a national championship around it. I have said that I want my coach to be like a Nick Saban. What I mean by that is I don't want the guy that's who, whose emotions are way up here, right? I don't want that guy that wears his emotions on the sleeve. I want that guy that's strategic about it. Why? Because when it comes to winning championships, when it comes to winning the big game, it's about composure and it's about poise, right? And and your your whether it's your employees or it's your players in that case, they're going to follow your lead. And the difference in winning at a high level, comes down to these little points of execution. It's one play here or there, just because of having composure or losing composure. And and I think that's what happened to them when they lost the national championship game. But I will point to their head coach, who I feel is a little bit too emotional. And uh, and when I earlier on I said uh, using it uh, strategically, I think that everyone, every leader, should use emotion and passion, but you use it strategically. It's you are always in control. So if I get like right now, I get a little bit fired up. I'm I'm getting a little bit fired up because I know you're going to react to that in a positive way, right? But it's not that I'm truly ever out of control. And so I think every leader should should to use that as a lesson. I think that's the difference between it doesn't mean that Kirby Smart can't be successful. Those guys are gonna be successful. But if you wanna win chips, you wanna get to Laker Town, baby, you better have you better get you a Phil Jackson. <laughs> Yeah, and and I really believe in that. And, you know, emotional intelligence, is, it's a topic that I like to, to bring up. I like to talk about it in business because I, I'm a firm believer in people that actually are able to handle their emotions, but not just handle them. They actually know how to manage them, but not just yeah. with their friends in actual social settings and in building contextual relationships, right? That's the four buckets of EQ. And, you know, one of the things that, so my oldest is a freshman in high school. He played safety his freshman season and the coach literally just yelled at the kids all the time. I mean, this, this guy's, you know, he had like that, you know, Caesar complex where it was his way or the highway. He would yell at the kids and the kids were literally, I mean, we're talking about 14 and 15 year olds here that already beat themselves down. And this is how you're going to coach them. You know, so I was like, you know what, this year I'm going to like volunteer to coach because I'm going to actually teach them things that are going to make a difference. I'm not just going to sit there and berate these kids, right? Because it's all about, uh, you know, I learned this thing a long time ago in sales. It's called build, break, build, right? You got to build them up. You got to build people up and and then break them down a little bit, bring them back to reality and then build them right back up. 
hey, you know what, that, that yep. play, great effort on that play, but you know what, you should have went left, you went right. But the next time, you're going to get that play, right? And when you can do that and when you can instill that confidence, especially in kids in high school, that makes a bigger difference. So what are your thoughts on, on that as coaches and, you know, the coaches that are just literally putting fear or beating these kids down these days? So whether it is a – whether it's kids in high school, whether it's rec league, whether it is a adults, I have led and coached at all levels, right, and I, in, in business and in sports. And I will tell you that the skill set is exactly the same. Um, it is about effective communication. That is the key to great leadership, effective communication and understanding that that's the end game. How do I communicate to you, Jordan? How do I speak your language? And how I communicate to you effectively will not be the same as how I communicate with Sarah over here, right? Because Sarah needs a different message. And I'll tell you, when I started in youth coaching, it was because of recognizing the same things that you recognize. So I started in youth coaching and, and basically just using the same skill set that has made me successful in, in business and leadership and, and entrepreneurship. And it was really focused and it always has been focused on and communicating effectively with, 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 with the kids. But beyond that, making sure that they understand and that their parents understand that um, the skill set that we're teaching and the things that they're learning are going to benefit them way beyond catching footballs and dribbling basketballs. That's what it really has to be about, okay? And what I see in youth sports is a lot of folks that get into coaching youth sports aren't good communicators. They're not good leaders. They're not in leadership positions in their professional career. They're, so they think that, mo just like you know, most people think that haven't been in these roles and really don't understand this stuff, they uh, they think that you go and you yell and you get loud and that makes gets people going. Well, it doesn't really work. For some, it may, right? Like some, it may, but for for all of them, it does not. Um, and and the issue again is that you really have to be focused on the outcomes. And the outcome that you want is you want them to be a success. So if you want them to be a success, you have to really realize that each person, each employee, each each child uh, needs to be communicated to in a different way if you want to be effective. Because one of the things I say all the time, Jordan, is I don't care about being right. I, I need to get it right. So in order to get it right, I got to do the right things by each ind individual and, and also be willing to go into leadership with a humble spirit. You know, like I, th there are things that I know based upon my experience and based upon the you know the things that I've that I've done throughout the course of my career, but by no means do I think that I am the guru that knows everything, right? <laughs> and nor do I want to be. I'm on that I'm on that same journey. We're on that same journey of, of learning. But I just share my truths. Now my truths may not be one hundred percent your truth, right? Your experience may be different. But by sharing my truth and by being open and being humble to your truth, then will move forward positively and good things happen from that. Again, whether it's youth sports or it's sports business, there's so many correlations, so many correlations in my opinion. Absolutely. And, you know, when I, when I got started in sales, that's one thing I learned very quickly is you can't treat every customer the same, right? You have to be able to adapt like a chameleon. You've got to be able to, like, I'm not, my, 
my conversation with this person it is going to be a little bit different with this person just based on their personality type, right? Maybe they're not as talkative as I am, so I'm not going to, I'm going to be a little more quiet, right? So, and so I think that that translates well into how you teach people, how you coach people, um, whether it's sales, whether it's leadership, you have to really be able to adapt to others, right? You can't just be, you know, it's, it's great to be, to even killed emotionally, but everybody has a different way that, like you said, they need to be communicated to. And so when you, mm-hmm. when you think about business entrepreneurship, you've been doing it um, for probably what seems like forever now. So what was it, you know, down the road, let's, let's say like, we're going to rewind 20 years. What was it that where you said one day, you know what, I want to go on this journey. I want to be in charge of my life and work for myself. So to be clear, um, so my career now spans 24 and a half years, um, almost two two decades as an official entrepreneur, like have companies, have pay taxes, all of those sorts of things. Um, but I was bred for this. Um, this is not something that I ever had a moment where it was like, oh, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, it's, it's something that I'm sure you, you mentioned the influence of your mother on, on your life. Um, my parents bred me for entrepreneurship. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial household. It's all I've ever known. It's all I ever wanted to be. Um, My parents were young parents. And so as young parents trying to make it, trying to make it out there and start businesses, they owned beauty supply, beauty salon, real estate, bits, bunch of other things. Um, I was right there along with them. Right. So, you know, at seven, eight years old, I manned the cash register. I learned things that kids at seven and eight weren't learning uh, about business. I learned about sales tax. I, I took deposits to the bank. I helped with marketing, you know, all of these sorts of things that a lot of kids weren't learning at that age. And so I credit my entrepreneurial lifestyle to my, to my parents. I mean, they, I, they were very intentional in making sure that um, I was, going to be making my own decisions and and going to be controlling my my own destiny as I uh, as I got into to adulthood so you know both my parents played a very crucial role and, and I'll break it down like my mother was very intentional this is a lesson to to anyone that's got kids out there my mother was very intentional in helping me to build a level of self-confidence that would would be necessary for getting out in this world and being an entrepreneur. My mother told me every day of my life that I was the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> and let me tell you something, when you get into the business world and you get beat up or in the sales world and you get beat up constantly, you better have some belief in yourself to get you through it, right? And then my, my dad made sure that I had the education and I had the tools to be successful in business. As I was growing up in the 80s, I didn't have toys. Like, I just I just didn't. I, I had a couple of toys. I remember I got an Optimus Prime Transformer once, and that was like the most amazing thing from my childhood. But here's what I did have, George. I had a computer. I got my first computer when I was five years old, okay? I had a computer. I had encyclopedias. <laughs> I had tools for education, and I had tools that other kids, now everyone's got, you know, and everyone's got laptops and everything. But um, as a kid of the 80s, no one had that stuff. But I did. 
And so, again, my parents were very intentional in, in, in making sure that I was ed- educated, not in the sense of, hey, go out there and go get a job and work for someone or, you know, go get your college education. and go. But no, in the sense that, hey, you're going to be your own man. You're going to stand on your own two feet. And so that's what I've always been. And I know that you didn't expect me to answer your question that way, but that's the, that's the truth for me. And there wasn't a moment where I'm like, oh, you know what? I want to work for myself. It's just in my DNA. That's awesome. And I love that story because that literally, I mean, your life was framed for this, like you said. Like it, it literally, yeah. the, the foundations were set by your parents at a young age. And so yep. really, but, but, and there's, there's got to be a but there because you've actually taken that and you didn't just start a business. Like you're involved in multiple businesses. So yeah. you're a trailblazer in that sense. Like that's how you have blazed your own trail is you, you said, all right, like I'm, I'm already an entrepreneur. So why not do this a couple different times over? Right. And so, yeah. you know, as we, as we come to close here, I want to talk a little bit about uh, your show and you actually just launched a new show. So, uh, business and bourbon, uh, is the first yep. podcast that you started. And then, um, yep. you recently launched another one called day drinking. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so tell us a little bit about those and, and where people can find Ron L. Richard. Awesome. Hey, as, as I tell you about that first, I, I want people, I wanted to be clear to people that the things that I'm involved in, first of all, they all kind of form together like Voltron. They're all co- cohesive. But I didn't just start this overnight. Like it wasn't just like okay, because a lot of people they their their attentions are diverted. They're in all these different things. Um, I start I, I started a company 2004 ish, and that company was pretty successful for a long time. And um, you know, it was I didn't have a lot of different interests. I just evolved in my life to where I was able to take advantage of my different talents and the different things that I do based upon my experience and have multiple business business interests and those the ones. So I just caution people with that. Don't look at me like, okay, I need to be involved with five things. You may not be where I'm at in my life and in my experience to be able to do that. Um, all right. So where you can find me first business and bourbon podcast is on Apple and everywhere. Um, day drinking is our daily version of business and bourbon, a business and bourbon podcast. We invite just super cool, business professionals and entrepreneurs, they come have drinks with me at a bar in Buckhead and we have real talk. So those of you that are that are watching this right now, you're like, oh my God, yeah, I want to be on it. Know this, I do not do anything virtual. You got to come in, you got to have a drink with me. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way that it works. Um, day drinking is our daily version of that. So day drinking is a daily dose of business and bourbon. It is a five minute podcast just to get you fired up, give you a little motivation, a little inspiration or a little education. Um, we also have the Business and Bourbon live events, um, which we've done in a ton of different cities, and and we're going to have probably 13, 14 of those this year. The first one here in, in Atlanta. Um, we've traveled across the country. We've traveled to Canada as well with that event. That event is a live version of our Business and Bourbon where we invite in some really cool um thought leaders, entrepreneurs, we sit and have conversation, we do whiskey tasting with food pairing, and then you get to meet some really dope people um, and and network with them. Um, That is business and bourbon. Um, You can find me at ronlrichards.com. Again, I serve 
early stage entrepreneurs in my consulting practice. Those are entrepreneurs that are two to five years in business that they've kind of vetted things out. They're making some money, but they're doing all this stuff for the first time. So I really come in and help these guys as a partner in their business. I don't like the word coach because I think coaches, it's largely um, gives the perception of coming in and giving coach speech and firing people up. Yeah, I'm an energetic guy, but I, it's not about that. It's not about coming in there and just giving you some a speech every couple of weeks. It's about really partnering and helping you to overcome those obstacles that you have to deal with in, in, in business. Um, lastly, um, sales workshops. So, um, yeah, I do a lot of sales workshops for mostly um, companies that are in the technology space. So, you know, traveled the country, outside of the country, delivering sales workshops on a lot of really great topics. So, I do sales workshops for different sales organizations and then help coach their sales leaders after the fact on how to implement all of those strategies that we teach in the workshops. So, you can find me at businessandbourbon.live or ronellrichards.com is where kind of all things Ronell is. Oh. Or LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome, my friend. Well, hey, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to to hang with me, and uh, I definitely want. We'll definitely connect because I want to. I want to definitely come to one of the events and um, and wrap it up with you at, at an event as well. Especially since uh, we are local in Atlanta, my friend. So we've got to yes, we've got to connect. We've got to play some ball. We've got to link up, get some lunch. And uh, folks, that was Ron L. Richards. RonnellRichards.com or BusinessBourbon.live. Thanks for coming on, my friend. Thank you for the invite, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to that episode with Ronell Richards. Definitely make sure to connect with him. I'll put his info in the show notes. He's such a great guy. Uh, been doing entrepreneurship, you know, really for a long time and has a lot of expertise. So if you're someone that's looking for a sales coach or maybe you're just getting into business, he's definitely a guy that you want to connect with. And um, if you're not subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe. Uh, I would love for you to rate the podcast, review it, follow it, and share it with your friends. If it's something that you enjoyed, make sure that you share it with them and tell them it's something that they need to add to their podcast list. So thank you so much for the support. And I will chat with you in the next episode.